Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the PTC podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by A Life of Education. Alifeofeducation.com is the world's only dedicated health and fitness educational website, delivering health and fitness content to fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts from a variety of sections of the health and fitness world, with talks and lectures in areas of nutrition, anatomy and physiology, sports medicine, female development, yoga, pilates, strength conditioning, uh, the business of fitness, and many more to be added in the future. Allo's mission is to bring leading experts from around the world in health and fitness together on one platform to share their knowledge and expertise on a global scale. This episode of the podcast is with Nick Watson from Team Angel Wolf. As we go into it in the podcast, you'll get a better idea of what exactly Team Angel Wolf is. Nick's mission is to bring sort of families with kids with special needs together and using sport and using races and using competitions and family days to bring different families together who are all faced with different challenges with kids, their children who have special needs and um, just to enjoy life a bit more and to get a bit more out of uh, a community, building a community around events, races, like I said. We first... Myself and Matt were first sort of exposed to Team Angel Wolf in the Dubai Marathon 2016, and we get into it in the podcast. But it's pretty clear then and there, from my perspective, that this was something different. This was something that I didn't understand, and this was something that we wanted to know more about. So it was a pleasure having Nick on the podcast to speak to us. If you can, get in touch. By the end of the podcast, Nick highlights what they do, their activities, and where you can get in touch with them. So... If you can get in touch and, and, and come along to the events and get involved. And if you, if you know anybody with, with, uh, with kids with special needs who this kind of thing might benefit, then just steer them in the direction of Team Angel Wolf and uh, let's get Nick and his mission well and truly on the way. Um, we'll get into it. This podcast was recorded the morning after the England-Croatia World Cup semi-finals. So we talked a little bit about that at the start, but just to give you a framing of the timing on this one. Um, so now at the time of release, it's about a week ago, but uh, who knows when you're listening to it right now. So anyway, get on with it. This is myself, Matt, and Nick Watson from Team Angel Wolf. Nick from Team Angel Wolf right now. Matt is on his way. He's just running a little bit late. So, Nick, I'll get you to introduce yourself now, but first and foremost, we'll talk about the pink elephant, about the football. <laughs> did you watch the football last night? I, I did, but I think it got to a stage where you turn it off. Um, yes, yes. Um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting game. Did you, you watch it all? Yeah. What did you think? I think we had the opportunity of a lifetime, and I think it's been a long time coming, but um, unfortunately, uh, the guys didn't deliver in the second half. Yeah, I thought they did really well, though, the whole thing, the whole tournament. Brilliant. I agree, I agree. I think there, would, the, there was an opportunity there of a lifetime. Um, they could have been in the final, but yeah. um, I'm sure the guys are kicking themselves this morning. Yeah, because like, as an Irish guy, 
I'm not supposed to like England. <laughs> like, and, I, and up until up until sort of yesterday, about half time, I was like, okay, I can, if England get there, fair enough. Like, t- to their credit, I'll say the first game of the World Cup, just get the win and get done. Panama, they pumped Panama. They, des- they deserve to win that. The Belgian game, they didn't play the right team. Oh, there's Matt now. Good morning, Matt. Yeah, right. Obviously, it's all right. You can you can join in. We're just talking about the uh, the little event last night. Oh yeah, I blame you, man. <laughs> played well the first half, and then Keith left, and they played crap. Yeah, I was just saying because no, we were talking about that before that, like the Belgium game. They um, two secondary teams, no big deal. The Colombia game, I was a staunch neutral before the game didn't mind who won and the way Colombia played I thought alright hold on this is they're not playing well this is a scummy way to play this is dirty oh, it's the least enjoyable game I think I've ever seen I think so the Colombia <laughs> game yeah I, I just hated every minute of it I just like just get over with it Come on. <laughs> somebody win quick for yeah, God's sake but then England won that I think they deserve to win that and then the Swedish game England were by far the better team yeah they actually played well yeah so then I sort of well didn't mind the hype that it's coming on so, but it got the, the planes flying over that the place in, in in London for the the RAF 100 centenary thing. Did you see that? Yeah. No. No. You didn't see that? No. So there's a 100-year RAF celebration in okay. London. Flyovers all over London and all the different jets. And there's a whole pattern of it's coming home of these <laughs> tiny little f- jets just flying over the rooftop. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. But fair enough. Like I, I've been saying since, like, it's the best way to enjoy the World Cup. It's yeah, just for to sure. enjoy it as much as you can. You have this saying that grinds on people as a foreigner. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It grinds. But we, Ireland got to the Euros, I think, and had nothing to celebrate. We scored one goal. Yeah. But we just had the most fun ever because you have to. And I, like, I don't begrudge England anything. Um, I think in the game, they both came out real nervous. England got that goal in the fifth minute. And then I think Croatia just just panicked mm. got in a half time regrouped and then came out a couple of, couple of deep breaths well, like was, uh, yeah. England just couldn't respond yeah, it's what it is I mean it's a good place to start for the next Euros and then the next World Cup like, if they keep that squad together but I think they've go. gained a lot of fans I think yeah. there's a lot of people celebrating and supporting England right up to obviously up to last night but I think prior like you said in the, in the, the initial matches um, that was growing but I think a lot of people have kind of gone yep yeah, I think there's possibility for England yeah, to you're actually to push worthy of being on this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think the media, though, are the biggest supporter. Like they, yeah, hundred percent. Like this is very interesting to see. We said it because we watched the first half together, and then okay. it was with two English, and also just behind us there was two an English couple with some sort of vuvuzela right behind oh, me they got worse man <laughs> he got increasingly drunk it got increasingly oh, so that was why I left I said boys half time probably be 2-0 England and that's where it went wrong well done see you later um, but it was nice to see an English team playing with some confidence I think it would be really interesting to have seen what the Beckhams Scholes Lampards Gerrards Rio Ferdinand Siemens would have been like on a pitch with the whole country behind them none of this the way it's been for the last 10 years like I think that's the biggest shame and I hope for at least for the next World Cup because you've done so well with a weak team mm. because everybody was behind the country which hasn't happened not in my lifetime anyway mm. I, I yeah, don't know yeah, what it was no. like in, in 1990 I was way too young but um, 
Yeah, the next someone told me the next Euros is in all the European countries. Oh, really? It's spread out over sixteen countries, and the semi and the finals are in Wembley. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I only found that out this morning, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, so it's coming home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Nick, if you want to just introduce yourself, we've literally only just turned on map just before you came in. But if you want to just talk about yourself. Uh, you've been in Dubai for quite a while, mm. and then how the whole Team Angel Wolf came to be. Yeah, I think we need more than uh, 45 minutes. Um, yeah, sure, we can keep going. Came to Dubai 20 years ago, um, but before that, my background was, to be honest, like you guys, health and fitness. Uh, found myself in the industry, and um, before that, was very passionate on, actually, actually, I was in the military, so I was trying to find a route to get into health and fitness. I uh, came up here literally with my girlfriend 20 years ago, one-way ticket. Uh, we had about £800 in our pocket, um, not changed much. And that was kind of our introduction. The first thing we actually set up, and the only job we've actually had here was, um, you know, the, the Wafi has a, has, a, has a health club there called yeah. the Pharaohs Club, and they've, right. got a, they've got a climbing wall. So, obviously, being ex-military, that was my job. So, I set that up um, 20 years ago. And then from there, we went down the freelance personal training route. And that's what we started as. And then we actually opened up our first similar concept. uh, A kind of specialized rehab-type gym in 2003, the same year that Rio was born. Oh, yeah. So, when Rio was born, then what happened? (laughs) Look, everything okay. I'm t- up to. He was about six months old. I always remember the moment. Uh, he was. It was a Friday afternoon. Mum, Dad were bathing him, and you can imagine a six-month-old baby, little little boy. So as we lifted Rio out the bath, all of a sudden he went completely floppy. Um, literally stopped breathing. His um, his fingernails went blue. His lips went blue, and he went into this completely unconscious state. Of course, we panicked. Yeah, uh, we jumped, jumped in the car, uh, rushed down to the hospital. And after about six or seven minutes, Rio came out of this episode. So by the time we actually reached the nearest hospital, the doctor saw him and said, look, he looks all right by now. He'd kinda, he was coming around. Did a couple of tests, but then sent us home. So we went home. Um, and the next day was Saturday, and we did the same thing. We were bathing Rio, and again, he fell into this seizure. Um, of course, we panicked again, jumped in the car. And rushed down to the hospital. And again, similar time, seven minutes. Um, we were timing it then. And um, again, the doctor saw him, said he looked okay and sent us home. And then from there it started. So three days later, another seizure, five, another. And then they started to happen on an irregular basis. For no, for no apparent reason, wasn't, we couldn't connect it to anything. Mm. Um, and that was our starting call of the future of Rio. Um, not only the seizures how he was developing and we had lots of friends who had children around the same age so obviously as all parents you get together and you watch your kids grow up and Rio was definitely lagging behind on many elements um, just on basic things especially as a toddler crawling eating um, was was an issue everything was was a problem and the seizures obviously started to come on a regular basis and we started to realize something wasn't right and it then took us on a journey, and that journey was actually took us four and a half years. Um, we travelled everywhere. We spent time in the UK. We spent time in Europe. We spent time here. Um, we were very lucky to 
um, meet a very awesome specialist back in Harley Street and his specialities was chromosomes. That's what he dealt with. And uh, they took, um, obviously, samples of blood from myself and my wife and Rio and um, probably took us about a year then to find that Rio has... um, a minuscule part that's deleted from his chrome from one of the chromosomes. So we're right. all made up of just over twenty-two pairs of chromosomes. So on chromosome one, Rio has a bit that's missing, and his condition is actually named after the chromosome that's missing. So it's called one Q four four deletion. He also got another word at the end called de novo, which means it's not hereditary. So it's not come from mum and dad. Life has just given us this little wonderful boy. Yeah. So what does that mean? If, it, if it's not hereditary and it's in the chromosomes, how does that, how does that appear? Um, it appears still today, the seizures are still there. Um, very different over the years. Um, I think as he's got older, I think he knows he's having them and you can see he, try, he almost tries and fights them. Mm. He's more in a conscious state, but we can tell. He'll go, if he was here now, you'd see almost him drift off. Um, but then you would tell kind of the symptoms. His skin goes quite clammy. Um, his lips will go blue. We'll look at his fingernails, and you'll start to see that he's he's kind of into the state. But it won't last for too long. Um, we have, unfortunately, in um, in the period of time of the last 15 years, probably in the early years, I think it was about six or seven, he had his first big one uh, that lasted an hour. Uh, right. and And bizarrely, a year later to the date to the time he had another one That's so bizarre uh, which was just crazy and then the yeah. following year he had another one but it wasn't as long but these hour ones were yeah that's scary that's that that was us in how long would, A&E. A, how long would an average one last or a typical one the the uh, traditionally at the beginning seven minutes we got this kind of six or seven minute time frame because again all the doctors wanted no data and yeah. obviously we timed them in the panic um, so there were things that we were supposed to do, obviously get him into a recovery position, make sure his breathing and airway obviously is fine. Um, and then there were things to get him around to come around quickly. But within that period of time, we're on the way to the hospital um, because obviously there's special, the specialists there. Um, and yeah, that, that was, that, that was the thing, but the seizures, the seizures have been there. Um, the, learning element for Rio there's lots of challenges so Rio will probably never get the chance to go to a mainstream school we always need help on basic skills even feeding is a is a minor skill but it's 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 a challenge for him holding the spoon um so you can imagine that leads to any kind of hand skills painting or drawing or things Mm um he tries but he gets annoyed with it, if that makes right, sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, walking is is there, but we normally have to grab his hand if we're walking up some steps. You know, he's still fairly unstable. Um, but we're working through that. You said he's born uh, 2001? Born 2003, 2003, so he's just turned 15. Okay. So he's 15. And then um, um, some, something called sensory integration. So if he was here now takes him time to absorb an environment so obviously there's us here if he was in the room there's lights we're talking and he does something called stimming which is kind of um, similar to a lot of other children he's trying to absorb the environment so there's lots of elements that are going on with it but within time he'll start to say calm down but he understands the environment so if you're taking somewhere very new Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, yeah. it can throw him off guard, especially if it's dark and loud or noise and stuff. But in time, he, he's you know he's comfortable within that environment. And still, as um, 
as a little boy, he's still in nappies. So yeah. at 15, that's a challenge for us, you know, even toilet training. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that we will, you know, we will continue to, to work through. Yeah. That must be quite something for him then when you do things like the NAS challenge and there is all these obstacles. and. Also. Well, yeah, so that's the next part of it then. So from there, how did you... You you started you were already an endurance athlete. Yeah, look, um, my sport has been triathlon. Um, my parents um, left the UK when I was about sixteen, and um, obviously, for those that know the UK, the weather's terrible. They want to find somewhere a little bit warmer, so they bought a hotel in France, central France, on the side of a lake. Got there, um, and my sports were rugby and uh, athletics as a kid. But I got there and found this sport, found this sport triathlon, and it was on the lake, you know. So we swam in yeah. the lake where the hotel was. The okay. cycle was around the lake, and then we, we ran off into the woods. Um, and did my first triathlon at 16 and just found that this was a sport that I thoroughly enjoyed, which then led me to get in, go back to the UK, join the Royal Marines, get back into look at a, a, a kind of career in health and fitness. Um, so... Yeah, that that the, the, there was always been a passion for for endurance sports. Uh, when I got here, like you guys know, you know it's quite difficult to balance life, work, training as well. Um, so the first couple of years, yep, quite heavily into triathlon, but it, it kind of ended off petering out. Spending a lot more time in the gym than I did actually spending time on the bike or running because it's time consuming. Mm. Um, but Three and a half years ago, I had a bit of a health care. They found one not feeling too well, so I went to see the doctor. First thing they said, oh, you don't look well, obviously. You look fairly pale. Uh, we might have to do some tests. So they did some blood tests. Uh, found that I was bleeding internally from something. Um, and they found a big lump. They found a big six-centimetre uh, growth in my colon. So Jesus. I better get that out. Yeah. Um, and as I woke up, a bit life-changing. So I was like, I'm going to do an Ironman triathlon. Right. Uh, my wife was a bit taken back by the first discussion as you come out the anesthetic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why did you decide I, to do that? Look, it was the year that um, actually that my wife was pregnant. I was in Hawaii for the World Championships in Kona, competing, and Delphine was pregnant. And I always remember turning around to her and said, "Look, one day I'd love to come back. Didn't know if it's a boy or a girl, uh, with my child." and race together in Hawaii, never knowing what the future would hold. Mm-hmm. So after the bit of the scare and woke up, I was like, no, I want to do an Ironman. Um, maybe the future, because obviously to get to Hawaii, you need to qualify. Uh, the future maybe Hawaii, not knowing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we um, we looked at doing Barcelona, um, which was about six months away, so I started training heavily. But again, life, work got in the way. And then my wife turned around to me one day and said, have you ever thought about racing with Ria? And I was like, wow, okay, first typical male, how am I going to do that? I need a kayak, a bike, or something. Um, and then thought, wow, okay, um, me doing triathlon, which was my passion as a kid, and which has kind of led to me where I am today, just thought, you know what? Rio will never get the opportunity to do a triathlon unless I take him along. Sure. And that was, that was the spark. So three and a half years ago... We did a, our first race was a half Ironman, so it was 1.9 swim, 90k bike, 21 run. So how did the logistics of that work? 
Yeah, I'm quite jealous when you rock up at races and guys turn up with their bike and a pair yeah. of goggles and that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got, obviously we've got the kayak that I swim with, which is attached to my ankles through elasticated cords. So you're swimming in the water. So I'm swimming in the water, Rio sat on the kayak, um, chuntering away and having a laugh. <laughs> um, I've got a, a special bike that... When we looked into it, we thought, how am I going to get Rio around now? I'd kind of looked to a few people that had done other races. Um, you might remember back in the 80s, there was a guy called um, Dick Hoyt, Rick and Dick Hoyt, who did Hawaii with his son. Right. Um, That's awesome. So looked at, started to do a little bit of research on other people. A lot of people also, they have a pushchair that attaches to the back of your normal bike. And I kind of looked into that and I thought, I won't see Rio. There's no interaction. There's yeah. just me on my bike yeah. and I'm dragging something heavy. Sure. Um, and then we found from uh, Denmark, they do these cargo bikes. So they use them for getting stuff around cities. Some people put kids on them. Some they use them for as literally as deliveries. And uh, found an awesome brand. And we thought, look, let's, let's see if we can get hold of the bike. And um, obviously then a pushchair. And um, then collectively went out to Dubai and said, look, we want to do this race. Who would be willing to sponsor us? And at the time, we had um, a dear friend of mine who was the CEO of Adventure HQ. He says, we'll sponsor you. We'll buy you everything. And I was like, wow. Cool. That's cool. Then. So that kind of allowed us to a bit of pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah, and literally, yeah. we got most of the kit two weeks before the first race. And I was like, we've hardly tried much swimming. No idea how Rio's going to manage 90 kilometers sat on the front of the bike yeah. is he going to be alright how long would that take time um, about three and a half hours right. yeah, you know if I put my daughter on there probably five minutes she's going dad on board yeah um, so you know we've, we, it was it was going to be a bit of a race but we had to experiment and we had to see and uh, yeah finished our first race and found out all of a sudden he loved it yeah absolutely adores cool. it adores it on so many levels yeah uh, and that that got us racing yeah, that's tough. And what, how did you find that physically? That was uh... look. You know what? It's one of those things. I'm, you know, probably fairly stubborn in the sense of if I've got a goal in mind, yeah. irrespective, we'll get there. You know, there was a goal. Sure. Um, um, but the the physical side disappears very quickly when you see how happy he is. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? And I think now over the years that we've raced, I've got stronger. I've got fitter, obviously, but. I yeah, just sure. I thoroughly enjoy it you know what I mean and and you know I, everyone asked me will I ever race alone uh, or do a triathlon because people are quite worried about how I may perform um, and so I was like do you know what? I, I would miss Rio I'd miss that element yeah. of having him with me but like anything um, when I race I race you know yeah. it's 110% we will collapse across the finish line and that's me yeah. we don't take anything leisurely um, and and he loves it. The thing is, the faster we go, the happier Rio is. Yeah. So it's yeah. a bit, so bit there's of no pressure, pressure on him yeah. at all. So he, he, he thoroughly, thoroughly loves it. And how do, you, how do you train for that? Like, how are you prepping yourself? Your- Look, um, I'll be honest with you. As we get older, it's more about maintenance. So this season, my goal for this season was 50 races. Uh, we hit 62 uh, since last September. So most weekends we were doing one or two races. Um, so the racing, to be honest with me, to be honest with you, was was more about that was the element of 
of not just the training it mm -hmm. was it was kind of the peak of every week yeah. weekend my focus in the week was recovering yeah. Yeah. Um, and listening to myself and if things hurt you know i used to I spend a lot of time rolling stretching uh, cold therapy whatever that would be to prepare myself for the weekend and then if the weekend it might be we race friday saturday and some of them in last season there was some midweek um, so I push hard um, and then just try and maintain throughout the week. So we run a few, I run a few free sessions with Team Angel Wolf yeah, right. to kind of get the community fit. Yeah. So I'm there running as well, cycling as well, taking it leisurely. But to be honest, they were really helpful because they were almost recovery sessions. Yeah. So I was taking it at pace, whereas everyone else was doing intervals or whatever. Um, and to be honest, it, it's, it's helped. Mm -hmm. And then I find then throughout the season, I just get stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and then just listen, listen to my body. So the focus for me now is, um, to be honest with you, just looking after myself, so maintenance, but trying to prepare myself for the season. So lots of strength and conditioning, lots of mobility, and then we'll build up on the endurance yeah. as well at the same time, but build a lot of strength and power. You guys were in the marathon, weren't you, in January? We did the marathon. Yeah, you in overtook January. me, and I was like, fuck's sake. Did like, I? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, this is where, this is what I, I spoke I'm on my own. I apologize. Oh, <laughs> what, yeah, this is what I spoke to you on the phone about originally. This is my first. <laughs> exposure to Team Angel Wolf was the 2016 marathon. Yeah, you probably overtook us then as well. Did you do the 20? You must have done the maybe I 2015. Did what year did we do? Uh, no, 2016. So I didn't do the previous year and I ran that year by myself pushing Rio. Yeah, pushing. Mm -hmm. But there was yeah. a group, was there, was there a handful of, of no. you? Because I remember down Beach Road, somewhere around 7 to 10k, and you went past me, some sort of orange kit. Was it orange with, with some flat? It seemed like there was a lot going on, but you went past me. All right. Further up the road, you stopped for some photographs. So I went past you again, and then you came by me again, and we did a little bit of leapfrog, and then I never saw you again. Okay. And I was like, okay, this, that's a bit demoralizing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. Like, you ran past that. God, I'm such a pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just in the back. Like, yeah. You must, have, you must have ran past you in the same uh, race, because you... You're equally as poor as I was in the race. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> awful. <laughs> Never doing a marathon again. Like, it's twice now. And like, well, why, oh. he, he can do it, pushing, pushing uh, the 15-year-old. I just, it's endurance, like, at that level of endurance, like, oh, no, I, I hate it. It's a long way. It is a long way, though. You yeah. know what I mean? I think most people can entertain a half marathon, 21, yeah. but that 42, it's, it's a long way. Yeah. It is a long way. You know, we had guys... Um, I went out and um, I kind of had a criteria of who I, not who I wanted to run, but they had to run a certain time, irrespective to be able to push on, because what we wanted to do was the five chairs stay, stay together uh, throughout the whole marathon. Um, so what were the five chairs? So we had five different kit, four different kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rio was in one, I was pushing one, and then we go out to the community and we were just inundated by children who just wanted to Very sit for four hours cool. and be pushed yeah. uh, quite leisurely. Um, obviously, there was quite a few. We had a couple of children with cerebral palsy. Right. Um, so we had a few logistics with bathroom stops. Sure. Um, um, but we kind of figured it out i don't even remember the petrol station at the yeah, top yeah, on the yeah. turnaround that was perfect for yeah, us so imagine. we bundled all the kids in there yeah. for for a wee stop and off we went um and that you know that works but yeah look, the, the the criteria at the end of the day was not it wasn't the physical element it was more about the community element that we had four other runners that some of them for the first time literally 
had a real engagement with someone with a disability. Mm-hmm. And there's real hands-on with that. So they're going to have to, right from the beginning, helping them out of a wheelchair, mm. into a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and go running together. Now, to me, that's that's awareness. That's integration. That's, you know, that's kind of corporate social responsibility of what we'd like to look at. It. And that has always been the aim of Team Angel Wolf, is how do we get people involved? So the goal probably about for the last 18 months was to do Dubai Marathon. So yeah. we had to figure out how do we get the chairs? So mm-hmm. the chairs have been sponsored and gifted to us from companies. Um, and we built up um, kind of a relationship with doing different events. But the marathon was a good one. So for us also, it's trying to pick events where people, you know, people see us mm-hmm. like yourself and go, oh, my God. Yeah. Know, yeah. Um, for whatever reason. But then that builds the story. Did all five of them pass you? Oh, yeah, the whole group. Yeah, because we, we stick like, together as we stick yeah, together okay. all but the way. You guys went past, and then Lee Ryan came with his kids as well. Oh, he came like, flying as well. What is this? <laughs> what, who, what was Lee Ryan doing? He's there pushing his kids. Uh, he, he got the going, world record. He was going for a world record. Yeah. Okay. He's pushing his two girls. It's like, man, I'm such a pussy. What is this? Everyone's like, got this extra load and extra weight, and I'm just there dying. Yeah. Yeah, that's a struggle. So, no, that was good. You know, it was a good race. And what we've tried to do over the last couple of years with racing is trying to pick select races where there's, you know, there's good exposure, there's a lot of interest. And I think doing Dubai Marathon was was awesome. That finish line for us was just crazy. You know, the stadiums were just people screaming and shouting. And it was, you know, when you put so much hard work and effort into something, it's just lovely to get that recognition. So it was a good day. But that must be relatively... Maybe not easy, but simple compared to like doing the NAS thing. Because I saw you guys go around and I was like, how the fuck are they getting over some of these? Like, especially the one. And as, when uh, Keith said you were going to come on, I was like, right, I need to ask him how he did this. Okay. But the, before the monkey bars at the very end. That, Which one are we talking about? The last night NAS challenge? Yeah, the last yeah, one, yeah. the night one. Okay. Um, the monkey bars at the very end. Yep. But just before that, to get up to the monkey bars was like, you know how when you're a kid and you, you wedge your feet and hands into a doorway and you got to kind of hook yourself up. Right. How did you get real up that? Look, there, um, we've done, I think that was probably our third NAS challenge. Right. So I, I know Troy who sets all these up and he, he actually had that on um, another part of two of the other NAS challenges. Yeah. We kind of declined it. So there's some right. obstacles where I think, um, look, Rio is at risk yeah because it wasn't so much that climb it was coming down so what they had yeah. on the the other ones there was an old fireman's pole right so obviously i've got rio strapped to my back i'm not going to go down a fireman's pole with rio on my back because there's more potential of me yeah, of hurting myself yeah um but on that one before i can't remember what was actually on the other side as we climbed up i think i actually might have gone down the steps because it was actually one yeah you're right because yeah. we didn't do the monkey bars yeah so, I, was, I was gonna say did, i came up we, to it was like man we, they're gonna we, struggle we, with we, it. we did the climb and i did the climb for the first time which would have only it was quite an effort so yeah. the thing that i've got is when we've done these i've got seven other guys and girls and we've done probably about no idea probably about seven or eight obstacle races now and i've got a team of guys that i can trust you know what i mean i'm ex-military so if i've got real on my back i want to make sure that i've got people if we're building a pyramid they're not going to collapse they're going to help us as a team to get over those obstacles and to be honest i've got awesome teams so even when i did the climb up i had a guy behind me literally in case i fall back not that i'm going to take him out he's going to make sure that, you know, we stay on that wall. So um, what we try and do when we get to every obstacle, we try and figure it out. Yeah. So 
logically between probably about two of us, uh, a dear friend. Um, between the two of us, we go, okay, this is what we're going to do. I take, obviously, my ownership. Okay, I'll get Rio on here. He then manages the rest of the group saying, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. But we've got such a team now. I've got, to be honest with you, every time we do it, I've got four people who are always in the team because yeah. I know sure. I'm in good hands. So um, the NAS, not a challenge, is an obstacle course, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, are, what yeah. are some of the obstacles that are there? That was like big old half pipes, kind of walls you had to sort of climb up and then get down. And that was tough. Like that was surprisingly high, but um, so the half pipe was quite interesting. Yeah, so they, so, the, so, pipe, so yeah. the only way we could get up the half pipe, we had to build a pyramid of guys. So literally, the 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 second one was the biggest challenge because yeah. at the bottom there's nothing really to wedge your feet into. Right. So the guys had managed to. There was like about four people on everyone's feet at the bottom, but we managed to get four people up, and then I climbed up them. Right. And then I had three or four guys at the top. Literally, as up. I'm grabbing my hand up, they're pulling me yeah. up over the top. And what's Rio doing during all this? Just just hanging out, laughing? You just see the photos, just chill. I've watched just, some of the YouTube just, videos, but he's just, just, just in, the, in the seat. smiling, he just loves it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of think some of the things that we've done, you just kind of go, this is crazy. Yeah. But he's, he's relaxed, you know what yeah. I mean? So obviously has huge confidence in me. So when I'm doing these climbs, you know, he could potentially freak out. Um, which wouldn't help at all, but he just sits He's there. just there, yeah. yeah. Just there and loves it. There's well, a lot going on in that, like, you know, like there's lights and there's music. You're talking about the sensory, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. But I think what, he's come to, what we've come to realize, when we're doing the things that now he's got used to, he's comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we wouldn't say stopped racing, but there's no more races for the rest of the season. But a couple of weeks ago, we did the last bike ride. And um, since then literally every day is going dada race dada yeah. helmet so when we go cycling he's got to wear a helmet so we'll go around find his helmet in the house put it on and goes dada race and you just go bless him so he lo- honestly he That's loves cool. it and what we've thrown at him you know like especially the obstacle races so the obstacle race is completely different from obviously the swim bike and run everything's different so when we get to each obstacle he's been involved completely different. You know, guys are handling, holding him or whatever stretcher he's on my back or whatever. Um, but no, he takes it in his own stride. That's so cool. just loves it. Yeah. What age was he when you started doing it? Like what, what was the, what was hey, the progression through it, it all? 2014, November was the first race. So that was, that was our first race into what team angel wolf is it, it is today. Um, and then we've just grown it. So we've done, We've done, obviously, individual swim, bike, run sessions, uh, uh, races. We've done triathlons predominantly, but just because that's, that was my sport. Mm-hmm. We started to do a couple of stair climbs. So oh, yeah. uh, there's Emirates Towers. Right. Uh, they used to, they used to do the vertical challenge. Yeah. Was it 52 floors right. or something, something like, like that? that yeah. Some 52 floors. How are your legs Al- after that? Almas. Yeah, they burn <laughs> slightly. <laughs> Um, uh, there's um, yeah there's been a, a couple of tower challenges and then the obstacle races kind of came along because we wanted to get peop- more people to experience what we do but most importantly how Rio is so it's great me sit here and telling you guys yeah. you know this is how Rio is he's happy but once you come along and you're you're involved in that and you see his smiles and stuff it's, it's adorable and uh, so we're and going forward, we're going to do a lot more activities when we get the community involved. And you have a daughter as well. Does she compete as well? 
She does. A little blessing. Tears, tear, just to put the name into perspective. So Team Angel Wolf, um, we call my daughter Little Wolf. If she was here, she'd be hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, right. Uh, she's a little wild kid. Yeah. Uh, she's adorable. She's a free-spirited uh, child. And Rio, we call our angel, so Team Angel Wolf. Um, and she, she a few years ago, we just asked, do you want to do a run? Pushing Rio, and she did, um, which led on to a duathlon. So she cycled, pulling the pushchair. Um, it's the only way we can make it work for her. And then ran. So she ran, cycled, ran. Mm-hmm. And then um, last year she did her first triathlon with Rio. So she does exactly the same as me, and she's 11. So <laughs> nice. she pulls Rio, and just the kite weighs about 20 kilos. Rio's about 35. Okay. Uh, when she's pulling him, obviously behind slightly different, but obviously she's got her own bike. So. The, the chair is about 15 kilos plus rear, so she push, pulls 50 and then pushes him afterwards. And she's, um, she, she's adorable and just gets on with it, stubborn as hell and smiling all the way. Yeah, is that Gene and the family for punishment, huh? I think so, I think so. <laughs> it's very quiet, you know what yeah. I mean? The thing is, when I, when I race, um, and it's adorable, to be honest with you, and the triathlon senior is fantastic and the cycling, the cyclist as well, um, obviously people are passing you um but over the years the the conversations changed so at the beginning it was like go nick well done you know you guys are awesome huge inspiration those kind of comments and then it's kind of just kind of gone hey rio well done awesome awesome but now it's none of that you know it's just like rio go 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 so i've just become the diesel engine that drags wheel around you know what i mean and he's become the focal point which for us has been absolutely brilliant because as a father, that's what I wanted. Yes. You know, he has now become a part of the community. People, when they come over to races now, they don't speak to me anymore. They mm-hmm. do, but yeah. they go straight over to Rio. Yeah. Rio, how are you? And I'm like, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what it's all about. It's always funny, like uh, kind of military guys, they always seem to have a penchant for endurance stuff. More so than like weights, it seems. Yeah, I think so. But again, you know, I, to be honest with you, I was, I was in the Marines and uh, we had guys that could out sprint me and yeah. out lift and big, strong guys. And they're probably doing the same stuff today just because of their physical build. But I think in general, we all like to go for a run or. Yeah, the there needs to be punishment seven. and it needs to be there for a long time. The short little spurt's not enough. No, exactly. I want to suffer for ages. <laughs> And uh, what's what's happening in the future then? So what what sorts of things have you got planned? Uh, right well, on? look, um, we're we're literally uh, closing our fourth season. Um, so when we say seasons, Team Angel Wolf, by the way, is a non-profit organisation. We do this full time. Um, we set ourselves up with the Community Development Authority that allows you to run a non-profit association. Um, uh, just under two years, so we're just coming up for renewal for our license. So when we when we started this, we thought, how are we going to do this full time? And just to give you a bit of the emphasis of the story, um, within our journey over the last 20 years, setting up our own business, we set up actually one of the first personal training centers here, um, brought on a business partner, got screwed over, lost everything. Really? Typical Dubai story. Yeah, for sure. Um, set up something else, same thing, brought on a partner, lost everything. Sure. Um, so we've started from zero or minus on two occasions and we just kind of a couple of years ago when all this happened um i just looked around at me and looked at me and thought what's the most important things in my life and it, was, it was my my kids and my wife and that was it and then we start we just started racing 
And we just thought, how can we do this? You know, and we'd started, especially on the first couple of races, huge impact, huge impact to the communities, triathlon, triathletes. Everyone was like, wow, Nick, this is awesome. I want to start doing triathlon. You know, maybe we can do something. How can we help? And we just set up Team Angel Wolf. So, so from there, it's kind of slowly starting to grow. But to make it work, we need sponsors and sponsorship um, because a non-profit, we're not allowed to receive donations or we're not allowed to fundraise unless yeah. we get relevant permissions. Yeah. So how we make Team Angel Wolf work as an athlete, I go out to companies to sponsor me annually. So our annual year starts from the beginning of August right. through to the end of July. So we're literally coming up to our new year. Okay. So we're just finalizing new sponsors for next year or looking for some more um and so this year what we found last year our focus uh, for some stupid reason i think i the year before i think i did 45 races so i said oh, i've got to do 50 this year um we ended up doing 62 i think it was but this year the race has been cool because a lot of people have known how many races we're doing because we're kind of publicly always saying this is number 44 etc and um so we've had kind of a lot of interest in that but yeah. the, the, this next year is not about the number because otherwise i'm just gonna have to be chasing yeah what's that like one a week more than that yeah especially from because the season starts september yeah. through to may june yeah, if you're lucky yeah, so Jesus. you know we've got to race a lot so the focus for this year will continue to race we'll hit key races this year so the bigger ones the um, we may do Dubai Marathon as a team, maybe more kids, more chairs. Uh, we'll hit all the big triathlons. So with obviously Ironman Dubai is a must on our calendar. Um, try Yes, which is brilliant. Do you guys do triathlon? No, we go? don't like swimming. Don't don't like swimming. It's always an excuse. <laughs> yeah, it's always the first. There's, ar- there's armbands out there, mate. It could do that. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just looks miserable though when you're there like 5 a.m. and you see the water churning around yeah. you like, and people jumping in. You're like, nah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I actually wouldn't mind the swimming. I don't like cycling. I, cycling. Saddle, yeah. I, 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 I could do the cycling. It's the swimming I need to get my head around. Cycling. The swimming. There you go. So, so then there's uh, this next year as well. There's ITU, which we got involved with, which we're also is is the first event for the Special Olympics next year. So Special Olympics is coming to Abu Dhabi, um, which will spread a huge amount of awareness about now people with disabilities or people with determination. Yeah. Um, we've unfortunately um, just become a, an ambassador for the Olympics in spreading awareness. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so these these will be key events for us. But also we're going to kick off some stuff as well because um, I've got five chairs. I've wanted to do a community event where I can get anyone come along, uh, any shape, size, whatever. They can walk, jog or run. So every week on a Sunday, we're, we live at Sustainable City, who also sponsor us. It's yeah. awesome, yeah? yeah? So the track around the side on a Sunday night, we're going to invite anyone. You guys can come along. There'll be children there with disabilities. So someone's going to, again, help physically have to help them out of a chair, into a chair we go either walking, jogging or running. And we're then going to invite mums and say, look, bring your kids along, bring your buggy along. And we're going to invite kids with rollerblades. So what we want to do is it's a community event. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's going to be people there with disabilities, but we want that to be eradicated. Everyone is the same, on the same level. And the nice thing about sport, it just breaks down loads of barriers. Yeah, sure. Once you get people running, walking, there's a common goal straight away. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do those on a Sunday, um, and that will be on a weekly occurrence. I also, at the moment, and will continue to do them, I do a swim, bike, run, free session every week. 
um, to get the community involved with just trying to get them fit and healthy. We're hoping that the session called Together We Can on the Sunday night might encourage people so they can come and jog. Once they pass the jogging, they could maybe come and join our running group, etc., which may lead into cycling, etc. And then we're going to kick off. Um, we'll see, obviously, we may need relevant permissions for this. It's something called Ride with Rio. Right. So we're going to do the loop of Al Kudra. So we're going to meet at the top of the loop. And we're going to invite anyone to come along, um, especially kids and parents as well. And what we do, we do, um, obviously, it's 50K all the way around. But for the first 5K, we'll go really slow and let kids come along, dads come along. And after 5K, those kids who want to go do 10K, they can turn around and go back. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the parent takes responsible for, responsibility for the child. Then we'll pick the pace up a little bit. And then we'll go to 10K. And those kids that want to turn around or, or beginners come yeah. back. They've done yeah. 10, 20. And then we'll pick, pick, pick it up. Probably by the time it gets to 25, we'll smash it all the way back in. And then people then have the opportunity to ride with us. Because the thing I'm getting inundated, people want to meet Rio. They want to get involved. Mm-hmm. They want to meet my daughter. We speak to, I've spoken to loads of schools. I think we've, we're trying to calculate at the moment. I think we've spoken to about 40,000 kids in the last two years. Wow. So, and the offset of the talk, the child are going, I want to meet Rio. Yeah. Or I want to do a triathlon. When are you next racing? Can we come along? So also in our event schedule this year, we're going to make sure if we're doing a 10K, there's definitely a 3K and a 5K run there that the kids can come. We'll share our calendar with the schools so the kids can come. They can be involved. I might be running the 10K. That's fine. But we can meet each other at the beginning and the end. And hopefully that will give a, a little bit of motivation to to children to get into exercise yeah and most importantly hopefully inspire their parents to go yeah my little johnny wants to go down and see team angel wolf why don't i walk or run or start something yeah. so that's kind of some of the plans for next year sweet and the obstacle races as well you're going to carry on with that or is that <clears throat> i've got to keep racing i i'm yeah. I, i'll be honest with you i'm hurting more now in the last three weeks than i have on the last nine months just, just because i'm not doing much um, oh, you're taking time uh, off now, are you? Sorry? You're taking some time off now? I've just been taking some time off, but just been ticking by, but I'm getting inundated by Rio. I, I cleaned my bike yesterday, so I'm going to go cycling with him either tonight or tomorrow morning just because he's like, da-da, race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll tick over through the summer and then get ready for the beginning of the season. But yeah, we'll race. We'll, it's To be honest with you, it's become our weekends. Yeah. You know, and this is what we do. Friday, yeah. we're up at four, we're racing. That's the start of our Friday mornings. And um, it's something that we've kind of got used to as well. Yeah. And, and we're thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it just uh, on all different levels. You yeah, know, sure. it's, it's time for the family. Slightly different, bit stressful in the morning, trying to get ready for a triathlon, get all your kit down, all the logistics. Yeah, 4 a.m. as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a good day and it's a great way to kick off your weekend. So, yeah. For sure. And any kind of like I- extreme attempts or world records? Are you going to try and do a Lee Ryan? And- <clears throat> uh, look, they they there's it's uh, i can't tell you too much but yeah, there, yeah. there's some ideas then sure. um we're trying to actually very uh, and, and, and i'm quite glad you've asked the question but my daughter turned around to me a couple of months ago and said i'd like to do a world record and i was like because she'd started to race with Rio. we're actually trying to get through 
uh, in touch with the Guinness Book of Records who yeah. can actually give us a relevant answer because obviously you have to do a category or something yeah. and we're not quite sure what that sure. should be. So we're trying to get a little bit of advice from them. Um, she turns 12 in November, so we're looking at her to do... So her, completely her idea. Yeah, um, cool. For her to do a sprint triathlon, so 7.50 swim, 20k bike, bike 5k run with Rhea before she's 12. Cool. Um, so that's one. And then there's... There's a Burj Khalifa in there. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> just need uh, a few permissions. Just a little elevator to the top and <laughs> back down. Um, so when you're doing the races, who's joining you? Like uh, the ones you just described, or I'm, I'm guessing they're for everybody, all types, everybody's family, kids of all abilities. In what sense? When, we, when we're generally racing? Yeah, like what's the, what's the mission from the perspective of you? I imagine you're trying to get as many kids with disabilities involved with families and groups. What's that kind of uptake like in Dubai? And look, it's a it's a great question and it's a tough one. Um, we we're we're hoping that what we're doing will inspire other families who have a child with disabilities to say, look, first and foremost, it's okay. You know, most importantly, it's okay to get your child out, but also try and experiment with doing things that you might be surprised how much they enjoy. You know, mm-hmm. so Rio the sensory element of him being on the kayak he just loves it so there's people splashing around that's that's a s- stimulation for him mm. and yeah and the change that we've had in rio since we started racing has been unbelievable you know there's certain skills that come out even his communication so rio lives very much in his own little world if you if rio was here and go hey rio high five he'll give you a high five Four years ago, he'd never do that. Right. You know, he'd be in his own little environment. So there's a lot of things. So when we're going out and racing, that's making re- developing Rio. So that can only be not only beneficial for his parent, but beneficial for the child. So yeah. sport does that. Yeah. And the one thing that my mission is to do that is to inspire other families to say, look, it's fine, get involved, whatever that activity may be. You know, it may be just taking them for a walk it may be push chairs are brilliant yeah. the running push chairs are fantastic because there's wind in your hair and you're outside and you can be going along the kite beach or somewhere along there mm-hmm. you know that that's awesome for the child but also it's very rewarding for the parent because of all of a sudden what was any parent in life what do they want they want their kids to be happy yes. that's it see your child smile that's what inspires me rio loves it and if we can hopefully install that with a few parents, then that's fantastic. And then that's hopefully what we're trying to do for the Special Olympics, especially, to be honest with you, here regionally, especially with em- Emiratis. I would love to have an Emirati father bring his child out and we go running together. Yeah, That's my dream. Been here 20 years and it's that simple. Has it happened and if yet? I, not yet. Not yet. I, but it's going to. Yeah. I, I, I'm so determined for that to happen because that, you know, I'm an expatriate. You know, I think if we were back in the UK, we'd probably be making a different amount of noise. If I was a, an Emirati doing what I'm doing, you know, that may have different amount of exposure. Mm-hmm. But as an expatriate who's been here 20 years, I want to give back to the community, and that's the only way. I, that's yeah. the way I feel I can. Mm-hmm. But to have that father or mum to come out and join us, just be ma- absolutely magical. Do you have your so, eye on anybody in particular? Uh, not particular, but I think I think with um, what's happening regionally with the Special Olympics next year, so there's a huge focus on disabilities yeah. for for the March Games. Not only on uh, um, people attending, people being volunteers on the the event, but also participants. So maybe in the community now already, there are potential 
children or young adults who could be participating in that race, but what are their hurdles? Yeah. You know, it's the parent not allowing them or giving them that opportunity. Um, so hopefully our story, and I think stories in life inspire people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're always told, and, you know, we're in the industry, or was in the industry, but we all know we need to eat better, we need to do exercise. Yeah. But when you obviously see something, oh, my God, these guys are doing that. Yeah. We should be doing that. You know, and when I go to schools and kids come up, I get inundated with children going, I want to meet, tri- I want to meet Tia. If she can do a triathlon, I'm doing a triathlon. So kids are going home telling their parents and going, saw Tia today, I want to do a triathlon. Day. It's perfect. So you kind of go, that's awesome. And that can install something very unique within a family. And we know kids, kids rule the house at the end yeah. of the day. If they turn around and go, I'm not eating McDonald's anymore, Dad. I want to eat a little bit better. I want to go and run. Yeah. Awesome. And that may change a mindset at home as well. So, you know, I think there's some big goals. But like I said, the 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 disability element is definitely it because that's my life. That's yeah. what that's who we are today. Um, but if we can make some good positive change on all different levels, and that's what a joy is going and speaking to kids. You know, um, I think if you can install good, healthy, positive habits in a child from an early age, you can set them up for life. Yeah, big time. Making changes later on in life is a lot harder, you know, yeah. with clients that come in here at 30, yeah, 40. Sure. You know, there's there's history there that we're trying to make slow change. Child, they could, they're, they can start from today and that can follow them in for hopefully for the rest of their life. So yeah. that's some of the goals. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Where can people get in touch with you? Where can they catch up with what's going on? Or sign Our main up thing at the moment, I'll be honest with you, is, is our social media. So Facebook is very good. So just tap in Team Angel Wolf, find us on Facebook and Instagram. Website, I've been trying to redesign myself, which has just become an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, so we will get that up and running. But yeah, the social media is good for us. Instagram, I think, is extremely yeah. popular nowadays, um, where people will personally find our contacts. Just hashtag Team Angel Wolf and you'll find us on both channels. And that's probably the best for us. Cool. And then any events that people can join in in the foreseeable? Look, follow follow everything that we do on the social media. So even in regards to like the Sunday activities, the swim, bike, run sessions I do, they're, they're all posted there well in advance. What we will do this year, and I need to get on top of it, is definitely set down events in concrete well in advance. Mm. So people can go, okay, these guys are there in a month or two months. There's the Roy Nassa Triathlon, for example. Team Angel Wolf's going to be there. Um, there's a variety of different distances maybe I'll give it a go Mm -hmm. so what we're going to try and do this year is definitely at least two months ahead of the game we'll be posting all our events we're also going to share them with schools and things as well just so that might inspire the kids to go well okay these guys are doing um, um, a 10k run but there's a 3k children's run um, on the middle of November for example so yeah look um, social media is kind of where where everything will be awesome Perfect. All right. Well, if we can help with anything, let us know over the next few months and we'll do our best. Love to. Cool. All right. Just yeah. need to get some goggles and a bike <laughs> and, uh, and some running <laughs> shoes. Some courage. <laughs> cool. All right. Cheers, Nick. Thank you.